0: Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What you're about to hear is a life-changing word from God through Pastor Steve O'Allen, Senior, of Destiny Christian Center in Laplace, Louisiana. Enjoy the message and be blessed in the Lord. We've been talking about divine people skills for several weeks, and we're dealing with skills that's, that's going to help us to reach people. Again, I want to say to you that God is in the people business. And if we're going to be on God's team, we've got to both love and be willing to work with people. Uh, won't you just say that? Say, I, I love people. Now, in the beginning of uh, this month, I introduced a, a skill, and that skill is flexibility. Flexibility means to be open to new and different ways of doing things. Uh, it's the awareness of changing times and the willingness to uh, employ different methods to address those changes. And uh, under the heading of flexibility, the f- following week, we talked about innovation. Uh, innovation is the act or the process of introducing new methods, new ideas, new services, or and uh, new products. Isaiah 43, God says, I will do a new thing. Anybody ready for God to do a new thing? So, so God is innovative. Um, so being innovative helps us to be flexible, which means that Innovation and flexibility, they work hand-in-hand. So that was at the beginning of this month. What I need you to do for me today is I need you to go back and open up the flexibility files in your mind Uh, because I know I closed that part of the series out, but I want to open it back up and I want to go back and put this under the flexibility uh, heading. Today I want to talk about something that causes us to be inflexible. And this is a very important message for us as it relates to ministry right now. Today, we're going to deal with complacency. Um, I shared this with my leader some time ago. Uh, I think that it's necessary that I share this with the entire church. Uh, Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 12 for me. Scripture says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest... He fall Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall let's, let's look at what complacency is. Complacency is a feeling of being satisfied with the way things are and not wanting to make them better. It's a place of self-satisfaction. Now, I want to look at some symptoms of complacency first. I believe that this, again, is going to be a great lesson for us as a corporate body and as a church, but I also believe that it's going to be a great lesson for us as individuals. Um, I want us to look at, at uh, Revelation chapter 3. You can start turning there. And we're going to look at the church at Laodicea. It was a very wealthy church, but God rebuked this church because they had become complacent. So I want you to look at Revelation chapter 3. And we'll start reading at verse number 14. Verses 14 through 17. You there? And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knoweth not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Jesus says, you're not fired up about the things of God, but you're not dead either. You're not cold you're not hot, you're just lukewarm. And we have to be careful because, as a church body, or even as individuals, we can become lukewarm. Now, Jesus says uh, to this church in verse 17, He says, You say that you're rich, and you say that you have increased in goods. He says, But I'm saying that you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind. And you're naked. Now, Destiny, we don't want to become a complacent church. We don't want to become. Now, let's look at a few symptoms of complacency. The first one is right here in the scripture, lukewarmness. Now, this is, this is the lack of spirit, spiritual hunger, uh, not having the desire to grow. This church had, a, had, a, had lost its hunger and they didn't desire to grow. You know, it's, it's, it's bad to get to a place where you feel like you've arrived. Right. Yeah. It's, it's bad to get to a place where you don't want to grow. Let me tell you something. As long as you're living, you should be growing. Yeah. As long as you're living, you should be lear- I want to learn some new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The second symptom of complacency, listen to this, is arrogance and pride. Listen to what they said. They said, we have need of nothing. In other words, we have arrived. When arrogance and pride makes you feel like you've arrived, you become complacent. You know, sometimes when you have a lot of external things, it hides spiritual bankruptcy. And I'll tell you this. This is where I was uh, when I was in the sports business. I uh, had the cars, I had the houses, I had the money, I had the things. And folk on the outside, they thought that I had it all together, but I was spiritually bankrupt. Anybody ever been there? I know, I know I'm know, i not the only person, but I was spiritually. I mean, I looked like I had it going on. But inwardly, I was spiritually. And don't take me wrong now. Don't take me wrong. I'm not preaching against stuff because I still have stuff. But I'm bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. So, you can become spiritually bankrupt. The third symptom of complacency is defending the status quo. This is when you start saying things like, Why should we change? Or we make statements like, If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Wow. In other words, this is when you put yourself in a box and you look for reasons not to change. Yeah. And I want you to hear me again. Uh, DCC, listen, we can't become complacent because times are changing. You see, the people that we're ministering to today, they're not the same people that we, or the same crowd that we ministered to in 1999. This is a different generation. And we, you know, we we can be around here thinking that we've got it going on and we could be losing ground. The problem with complacent people or complacent organizations is that they don't know that they're complacent. Pride will blind us <coughs> and keep us stuck in the status quo. Right. We can't do what we used to do. Right. You know, I, uh, <coughs> when I was talking about change, I don't want you to hear this, this statement again, anything that refuses to change will die. Yeah. People Organizations, churches that refuse to change will die. We can't do church the way they did in the seventies. I know, I know, you love old school, (laughs) but we have another generation that we have to reach. I said that. I said that in the beginning of this series. You know, uh, when I was coming up, they were saying those old meters in church. Most people don't even know what a meter is. Anybody came up in the Baptist church? Yeah. You, you remember the meters? Yeah. No, no, you don't know what a meter is? No? no, what is it? Lori, I know you don't know what a meter is. <laughs> look, <laughs> look, this is a, the, the, I, want, I, want the old, I want the young people that are 25 and younger to know uh, what, we, what my mother used to do in church. And then even when I was a young kid, they would have the, you know, uh, let me see if I can think of one. Okay, y'all remember that one there? Guide <laughs> me over, I'm great Jehovah, God, pilgrim God. through this barren land. God. Okay, stop. I'm, I'm we're just... just... <laughs> <laughs> they're ready to go. Hey, they're ready to go back right now. No, we don't have the floor. Hey, look <laughs> And, and 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 confessing all that stuff that's against the word. Here, here, here's the next verse. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me without thou make it sound like you're crying. Hand. Look, the Bible says, let the weak say. So why am I confessing weakness? So we had to change. And even the even the songs that we sing now, I, I want to make sure that they're word-based. Because we don't want to sing things that's against the word. We had to be innovative. Are y'all with me here? Number four is a lack of intensity and diminished work ethic. This is a symptom of complacency. This is when you're just running on autopilot. Now, in August, we're going to celebrate 18 years of ministry. But what got us here won't get us there. It's, 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 it's not time for us to coast and it's not time for us to be on autopilot. We should be picking up steam. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is not just for us as a church. You have to take this to your personal lives as well. You ought to be picking up steam on your job. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Let me see the hands of people that you've been on your job for at least 10 years. Okay. You've been on your job for at least at least five years or more. Lift your hand for me. You've been on your job for at least a year <laughs> or more. Lift your hand for me. You don't have a job at all. How <laughs> oh I many you just started on your job? Okay, all right. Listen, some of us we can be on a job for 10 years, maybe a year, and we can become complacent on those jobs. And we'll say, start saying things like, man, I, I ain't doing all that now. I done paid my dues. Well, listen, that's a lack of intensity. And it's, and it's a diminished work ethic. And it's wrong. See, it makes no difference if you've been on the job for 20 years, 10 years, 5 years, 1 year, 1 day. You, sh- you should keep that intensity because you're still getting a check. Oh, they don't like me. They don't like me. See, it's wrong. It's wrong for you to go to work and get a check and just coast. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be on Facebook all day. Oh, they didn't like that. Let's move on. <laughs> and I, I'll tell you something. I'll be honest with you. I had to recognize some complacency in myself. Um, I, I prayed, but I had to recognize that I hadn't been as intense yeah. as I once was in the past. I'll never forget a few years ago, and it was, it was life-changing for me. The Lord started talking to me about changing my message that he wanted me to teach on uh, one Sunday morning. Uh, well, he talked to me about it on Saturday. And I actually... Put him off until Sunday. Now, years prior to that, that would have never happened. And, you know, what I'm saying is sometimes you can lose intensity. You can lose intensity. I am starting next Sunday. Everybody that works in ministry, the choir, the ushers, security, ministers, starting next Sunday, prior to our 8 o'clock service, we're going to meet for 7.30 to pray together. Amen. We've got to make sure that we're intense yes. about the things of God. Amen. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're going to have to get, my wife said to me this morning, oh, this is the last Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last Sunday we'll be going to church at 8 o'clock I said that's right we're going to get here early we see we have hurting people coming to this church and we've got to make sure that we're in one place on one accord praying together and ready to minister to people you shouldn't just get up to sing without praying you shouldn't be standing around the walls without praying you should come to service spiritually prepared to go to war against the devil So we're going to get together and we're going to pray together because we've got to to have intensity. We can't lose that. Warren Buffett is number two on Forbes, Richest Americans. He's 86 years old and his net worth is $68 billion. Now, it is said that he spends 80% of his day every day reading about things that are important to him and about his business. Now, he does that because he wants to keep growing. You would think that a man 86 years old with $68 billion could just coast through life. Come on, let's let's be honest, you had $68 billion? You ain't getting up at at, at seven. (laughs) Are you at what? Read what? Come read to me. But he's not complacent. He's intense. What about your intensity level? Are you praying like you used to pray? Are you in your word like you used to be in your word? Are you still witnessing to people? When was the last time you led somebody to Christ? I'll wait. When was the last time? Think about Think about how excited you were when you first met God. Think about, I'll tell you what, we'll put it on a natural level. How many of you have married? You married. Think about how excited you were about your spouse when you first started dating them. Come on, sisters, y'all you told all your girlfriends. <laughs> Oh, girl. Oh, he's so special. Oh, my God. I'm, he, he's just amazing. Oh, my, oh, my God. He, he came to my job today, and they said somebody was at the front desk waiting for me. When I got there, it was him with some flowers. I mean, you just and your girlfriend's just got tired of hearing about, no, not him again. I don't want to hear nothing else about it. And, do, yeah, brothers, y'all do that, too. Bro, look, bro, look, man. Dog, dog, look, dog, look, man. Hey man, I know you I know you're tired. I know you're tired of hearing me talk about her. But dog, man. Oh man, dog. I don't wanna sound weak or nothing, man, but that girl, you know, Man, she's something special, dog. Man, she's, she's something special, dog. I'm telling you, oh, man. Oh. And was like, man, boy, oh boy, getting soft, huh? <laughs> but but you were excited about your spouse or the person you were dating at that time. And you couldn't help it. You had to talk about it. When did you get to the place where you lost your excitement about God? When he's the one that wakes you up in the morning. When he's the one that holds your next heartbeat. When he's the one that holds your next breath. When did you get to the place where you got common with God? Some of us can hold conversations with people for hours and God never comes up. How is that possible? How is it possible for you to talk to somebody for an hour and God don't? He never comes up. Something's wrong with that. Something's wrong with your relationship if you're not talking about the one, the most important person in your life. Mmm. How is that possible? I watched a video last night. It was some kind of comedy video where guys were, these people were going up an escalator and somebody else was coming down. Did you see that? And then the person on the other side they would just touch the hand of the person. So they had this woman, and she would touch the hand of a man going up the escalator, and she would look back at him. And they even had a man touching men's hands. So anyway, so this lady touched... One of the men, she touched his hand and she went back and she was going up and he was going down and she was just giving him those eyes. You know what he did? He pointed to his wedding ring. He was saying, I'm taken. And I'm not ashamed of who I'm connected to. When were you, when was the last time You told somebody, from a spiritual level, I'm taking it. The devil offers you all kinds of stuff, but you're not intense about the things of God anymore. You never say, hey, I don't do that. See, you're not going to be popular and powerful at the same time. You can't be popular in the world and powerful in the church. (laughs) Okay, that didn't go over well. We've got to get to the place where we're intense about the things of God again. Sometimes we can become complacent and we lose our intensity and we lose our work ethic and we start to coast spiritually. Number five, the the fifth symptom of complacency, listen to this, is following the easiest course. Hear this. The easiest course is always downhill. I want you think about how much effort it takes to get to the top. And a lot of times we get to a certain level and we lose our intensity. But it's easy to go right back down to the bottom. We cannot afford to become complacent. For some of us, we haven't even entered into the first phase of what God has for our lives. Are you with me here? Listen to this statement. God has so much more than what you're experiencing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Tell somebody that say God has more for you. More for you. Say more than, right more than what you're experiencing right now. And even us as a ministry, God has much more for us than what we're experiencing right now. God said, said loud, say, God has more. God. And we're at our greatest risk of becoming complacent when we feel like we're successful in a certain area. You're at your greatest risk of becoming complacent when you've achieved certain goals. Look at Proverbs 1 and 32. Listen to what it says. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. See, you're at a dangerous point in life when you hit success because complacency can creep in. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about a certain area. I'm talking about any type of success. And any type of success in your life, if you are at this certain level, you can become complacent. Um. Sometimes married people can become complacent. Let me see the hands of the married folk again. Let me ask you this. Or let me say this. Before you were married, you did everything you could possibly do to achieve success. Guys, you were courteous, opening doors, pulling out chairs, Sending flowers, buying gifts, acting concerned. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, baby? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. And she asked you five minutes later. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, baby. You wouldn't even know. You're acting concerned. You're working out, staying in shape, looking good, smelling good. But now complacency has set in. Now she has to make sure that the door don't hit in the face. My wife, let me tell you what happened yesterday. We went to a restaurant yesterday for lunch. It was raining, so I pull up to the door to let her out so I could go park the car. She wait, why is she waiting outside the door? So <laughs> I get out of the car and come back. And I'm like, why didn't you go in? Her excuse was, I was just waiting for you. To, I wanted to go in with you. That's not why she waited. She waited because she wanted me to open the door. Whenever I'm around, that woman ain't touching the door. She, it was, I mean, she was, it was raining. Now, she was under the little canopy, but it was raining. So I'm thinking that she's going to just go in. She said, I'm looking from the car and I'm saying to myself, what is wrong with her? And she look, look, she just, she wouldn't even look at the door. Do, do, do. I'm like, what, what is she doing? And I get to the door and then she started looking forward. I'm like, you really not gonna touch a door? She said, no. She looked at me like I got you trained, boy. That wasn't a clapping statement. <laughs> what are you clapping for? That wasn't no clapping statement. <laughs> but now you become complacent, brothers. No more opening the doors. No more pulling out the chairs. She's that stand up beat. <laughs> no more flowers. No more concern. This is y'all laughing, but y'all the same way. Hey, I'm not going to leave you out. This is an equal opportunity message. Before success, you made sure you took care of yourself. You watch what you ate. Oh, I'll just have a salad. (laughs) You polish your fingernails and your toenails. Mm hmm. Kept your hair pretty? Now it's like, this is the style. This is the style. Wild is in, baby. Wild is in. Oh, Lord, this is blessing me. <laughs> cooking, now you call them up, tell them to pick up something to eat, while you're picking up something for you, pick up something for me. Give me a kale salad. Complacency. And it can happen very easily. Complacency. Out. let me help the married people out for a second sisters I want you to think about this I want you to think about this you give your best to your job or whatever you get up early in the morning you give your best your husband has a watch he watches you get pretty made all up making sure everything's in place some of y'all I see you on, on the interstate with, with mirrors in your hand driving and fixing your makeup because you want to make sure that when you get to work, everything's in place. Mm-hmm. Why can't he get that at home sometime? Right, right. Ooh, Lord, I should have got my offering first. <laughs> 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 Why? Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you. Right I'm trying to help you. Why? 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 Why can't he come come downstairs or come to the kitchen one day and find you all made up and you ain't going nowhere. Right. Yeah. Hey brothers, y'all ain't gonna help me? I'm trying to help you. I paid too much for this Mac. I ain't wearing this Mac around the house. Why? Why? You don't want to lose you don't want to lose your intensity. Right. It's, so, it's so easy to become complacent. Yeah. Brothers, come on, man. Y'all used to, you, man, you know good and well, when you were dating your wife, you used to put on your best cologne, even if it was brute. <laughs> All she smelled nice, right guard. Left guard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you cannot become complacent. Are you sitting next to your spouse? Let me see those of you that are sitting next to your spouse. The baby said, don't become a person. Baby said, preach. Look at, look, at, look, at, look at your spouse. If you're sitting next to your spouse, everybody, if you're sitting next to your spouse, and tell them, say, keep the drive alive. Keep the drive alive. Well, that was the weakest keep the drive alive I heard in <laughs> Boy, these babies don't like what's going on here. Say, I don't want a brother, sister. So look, <laughs> Compl- <laughs> complacency is dangerous. Let me let me show you something. Go to Judges, <laughs> Judges chapter one, Judges chapter one, verse number twenty-eight. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Judges chapter 1, verse number 28. Let me show you this. You there? Judges is in the Old Testament. (laughs) Listen, Listen to what it says here. And it came to pass when Israel was strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute and did not utterly drive them out. When they were strong. See, God told Israel to drive the Canaanites out because he wanted to give them all of the land. But they got over there and they started experiencing some success and they became complacent. They got complacent when they thought they were strong. Samson became complacent when he considered himself strong. David, considered the greatest king that led Israel in the middle of his life, he had he had accomplished a lot of great stuff, and the scripture says that when kings, other kings should go to battle, David decided to stay at the house and watch HBO. The scripture doesn't say that, but he fell because he was complacent. It's it's when you're prosperous, it's when you're successful that you're at the greatest risk of complacency. Destiny, please hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us today. We cannot afford complacency. There's nowhere else to go but down when you become complacent. Complacency is almost always a product of success or perceived success. Think about it. When you are in need, you took God more serious. But when you're comfortable, it's easy to become complacent. Man, when you needed God to do something for you, you grabbed God's coattail and you said, I'm not going to let you go until you change this situation. You know I'm telling the truth. When you're in trouble, you have intensity. But when you get on the other side of that trouble, it's then that you Relax. Think about it. I had to look at myself, but you got to ask yourselves these questions: Am I as intense? Think about think about when you you you've hit a hard place in life. Think about how hard you pray. Think about when you hit a hard place in life. Think about how often you come to church, man. You in church, I need a breakthrough. Think about how you get in you get in that word when you're in a hard. You're looking for an answer for your situation. Man, you're treating, you're treating people nice because you want God. See, look, look, see what I did? But when you get on the other side of that trouble, it is then that you become relaxed and it's a trick of the devil. Because what you're what you really doing is you're, you're, you're trying to use God. And nobody wants to be used. Come on, y'all! Come on! Come on! Come on! Some of us have children. We know that when they start talking nice to us, they want something. Uh-huh. They all, you, you can almost say that. What you want, boy? Yeah. Mama, oh, mama! You're getting younger. What you want, boy? <laughs> Don't treat God like a spare tire. Right, right. Jesus. Keep him in the trunk of your life until you get a flat. Then when you get a flat, you put him on. Mm. Let him get you to your next destination. My, my, my. And then when you get to your next destination, you put him back in the trunk of your life. Don't treat God like that. God's better than that. Yes, he yes, he yes, he and he's so loving. Yes, yes. He's so loving. He's so forgiving. Yes. We we keep treating him like that and he keeps blessing us. Yeah. Yeah. He keeps having mercy. You know, I, I hear people always talking about uh, 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 God blessed me in spite of. You ought to want to grow to the point where you, 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 you don't have to say, he blessed me in spite of. Right, right. You ought to get to the place where you want to live a life that pleases God. And you're not just, you're just not a, a crisis Christian. When I, whenever I need him, he'll hear from me. But when I don't need him, he'll never hear from me. Don't, don't get to the place where you're in trouble and that's the only time you pray. You're lucky God's not like me. Oh, amen. Amen. I got some people I, I don't hear from That's until they're in trouble. When they call, I'm like, who are you? <laughs> How would you feel to hear God say, who are you? Exactly. I don't recognize your voice. Yeah, what number is this? Because right, right. he's merciful. Yes, yes. He's so loving. He but we got to grow to the place where we lose that complacency. Are y'all with me here? So let's not be like the church of Laodicea. That was saying we're good. We have need of nothing. But God's saying you're wretched. You're miserable. You're poor. You're blind. And you're naked. Because you're complacent. I'll close with this. This question that I asked on social media this morning. Are you planning your life around God? Or are you planning God around your life? Think about it. Mary planned her life around God. Martha planned God around her life. In other words, let me do what I got to do and I'll fit God in when I can. When God should be the center of your life. You trace back, you trace back, you look back over your life. If you're like me, you can look at the history of your life. And every step, he was there. Every step, he was there. They, they had the famous uh, story where the person was talking about, uh, I went back and I looked at the footsteps of my life, and I looked back, and every time I got in trouble, I saw one set of footprints and then when things were better I saw two sets of footprints and I I hit another hard place and I saw one set of footprints and then when things got better I saw two sets of footprints and the person was asking God, God why is it that when I got in trouble you left me? And God says no, the reason you saw one set of footprints is because I picked you up and carried you. So God is faithful. I said God is faithful. We've got to get to the place where we are faithful. This message came in just in time. Because, you know, we're, we're entering into a season where people just want to live it up. Next weekend, man, it's going to be Next weekend. Next weekend. Wow. Let me take a picture of y'all. <laughs> we got to get to the place where we put God first. He says, Matthew 6 and 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all of these things shall be added. Lest not become complacent with the things of God. Don't get so familiar with God that he He's not as important to you. Nobody wants to be treated like that. Nobody wants to be used. You ever been used before? You don't have to, I don't need to see your hands. It's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling to have somebody in a relationship with you only to get what they can get out of you. That's a horrible feeling. It's a horrible feeling for you when you discover that this person really, they don't really love me. They only love what I can do. It's a horrible feeling. It's a, it's a horrible feeling. It, just, it, it don't feel good at all to think that you have this affected, uh, this, this uh, person that really has an affection for you and then you find out that it was all about what they could get. I don't feel good. Why well, do you think it makes God feel? When we're all about what we can get from him. But we're not faithful to him. doesn't feel good. Only time you can, he can hear from you is when you're in need. Sometimes you ought to, when you pray, sometimes you ought to just say, look, I ain't coming to ask you for nothing. I just want to say thank you. Sometimes you, sometimes you just ought to have a praise party for what he's already done. And hey, look, look, you don't have to wait until you get to church for that. that that's something, you ought, you ought to be able to do that at home. Man, you, th- you start thinking about how good and how merciful God has been to you and how faithful he's been to you. Sometimes you just ought to have a praise party. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or not. I, I'm always... Just thinking about how good. God, I heard a song the other day, man. My brother said, "Man, listen to this. This young, young lady. Well, I can't think. What's that girl's name? Avery Sunshine. She was singing a, a gospel song with uh, uh, Fantasia. She was singing to her, and she started singing this song, and just, it was talking about the goodness of God. And man, I'm sitting there listening to it. Before I knew it, I'm <laughs> I'm looking around like, is anybody in this room with me, man? I, But you know, when I start thinking about how good God has been to me and how good he is, you just become so grateful. So grateful. Don't lose that. Don't become complacent. We hope the word you've just heard has blessed you. If you'd like to order other messages or series, please go online to destinychristian.org or call 985-653-9006. Thank you for being a part of this ministry. Destiny Christian Center. Destiny demands diligence, so never quit. God bless you.